Hey, good morning. Will you guys stand up with us?
welcome. What a great uh, backdrop for singing praises to our creator, right? Amen. I want to encourage you guys to join us. If you're just coming in, the words are in your program. Uh, share with somebody, unless you know these songs by heart. I want to really hear you guys sing this with us, okay?
this time of desperation when all we know is doubt and fear there is only one foundation we believe we believe In this broken generation, when all is dark, you help us see. There is only one salvation. We believe. We believe.
continue in our worship this morning as uh, the ushers, I don't know if come forward is the right word, but they're just going to kind of walk in between you guys, and, and we're going we're gonna to take our offering, and, and let's just consider all the things that God has made this morning. We're, we're standing in his creation, and his creation is proclaiming his name. It might not sound like the same thing that we do, but we have the opportunity to seriously be outside joining in his creation this morning to proclaim him. Amen? And so this morning as we give, let's do it with that attitude that we just are simply joining in something that's already going on, the worship of the creator by his creation. Amen? Amen. What to say, Lord, it's you gave me life and I can't explain just how much you mean to me now. You have saved me, Lord. Give all that I am to you. Every day I will be a light that shines your name. Every day, Lord, I'll learn to stand upon your word. And I pray that I, I might come to know you more. You would guide me in every single step I've taken. Every day I will be your light into the world. Every day it's you I live for. Every day I follow after you. Every day I walk with you, my Lord. Every day, Lord, I'll learn to stand upon your word. And I pray that I, I might come to know you more. Guide me in every single step I take in. Every day I will be your light unto the world. Every day it's you I live for. Every day I'll follow after you. Every day I walk with you, my Lord. Sing that again. Every day. Sing it's you I live for every day. 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 It's you I live for. It's you I live for every day. It's you I live for every day. I live for every day. One more time. You are there for every day. You are there for every day. You are there for every day. Every day. Oh, oh, oh. 
Finally! Whoa! Amen! God, we love you, and we praise you for who you are, Lord. That's our heart, that we can live for you day in and day out, Lord, and we know that we are unfaithful. We know that, that we are incapable without you and your spirit that works in us uh, to will and to do the good works that you have planned for us, Lord. And so uh, this morning, God, would you just help us to surrender to you? Would you help us to continue in our hearts, Lord, to turn to you and offer you our praise this morning? And that we would leave here, God, uh, people that are built up stronger in our faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Well, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are uh, thrilled that you're with us. If you're our guest for the first time, thanks for coming out to our, uh, our outdoor sanctuary, if you will. Uh, it's been, uh, I believe, four years since we've been out here. So it is good to be back and good to uh, worship. You want me to scoot back, Van? scoot back. Um, we are thrilled that uh, Jeff and Angie Hegstrom, missionaries that we support, they serve with Relevant Ministry in Mississippi, and they are with us this morning. Jeff was our lead pastor for the first five and a half years, and so um, we're thrilled that they, they are here to, uh, to share what God is doing in Mississippi and what God is doing in their own lives. Good morning. He's making me talk. I'm so sorry. I'm so nervous. <laughs> hey, can Connor come up too? We'd like to put bring Connor up here. We just wanted to tell you that we are so thankful for this church body and our family that we consider all of you. And there's so many new faces. And so um, we're excited about that, the growth that God is doing here at Crosspoint. But um, this summer was awesome. We had a great time. We um, had a summer full of trips that came down. And we had one special trip that came, and that was your church, your youth group. And it was so awesome to have. He put me on the spot. i got to put you on the spot, so it's okay. We are so glad to have you guys come and, and, um, and serve RM. And, like, your twist of your, of your um, focus that week was just to serve us. And I'll tell you, um, it couldn't have been a better team uh, that could have been there uh, the day that Jeff decided to uh, fall off of a ladder, which is <laughs> not on purpose, but so um, unbelievably strangest timing ever. And we didn't really know what God was doing all summer, and, and uh, Satan was raging all summer long, but we knew that God uh, had a plan, and he had um, a purpose for every team that was down there. And so we felt so loved and um, cared for, knowing that we could just kind of swoop away in the suburban and, and not come back and, and know that, that everything was, was good and that, that your leadership that week, too, just um, cared for the kids. And um, so we thank you, too, for all the prayers that you guys um, have given to us um, over the course of the summer. It was sad not being able to come in July, but fun to watch the boys on um, in church that day on, on um, um the streaming, it was awesome. It was perfect timing. I just happened to see that it was streaming, so I got to get on, and, and we watched, and that was such a blessing to get to see that, and we, we wanted to be with you guys so much, and we're thankful for your outpouring of love that you've given us, too, taking um, a special offering on top of faithfully supporting us every month, and so we are grateful for that. We're uh, Jeff's in the healing process, which is, which is awesome to um, be seen, but we know it'll be a long road, but we know that God is in control, and we thank you for your support. I can touch my nose. That's an That's accomplishment. An accomplishment. <laughs> uh, 
Hey, uh, I wanted to share in just a minute, but I wanted to just uh, bring Connor up and just want to be falling off the ladder and uh, um, we didn't get a chance to send him off well uh, from Mississippi. And usually we we have a dinner together and really speak into him. And And uh, I just want to say thank you for sending Connor down and your monthly support for Connor. And Connor really impacted lives. He opened doors that we couldn't open. And I would go in and when we went in to talk to a church or something, and they wouldn't look at me and the people I've tried to get into before. But Connor opened those doors, and they're like, so tell me about it, you know. And and it really blew me away, and it opened doors for new relationships. And Connor uh, really shined this summer in, in the missions trips. And before that, we were teasing before. We didn't know it. He didn't know it two, five o'clock, two fives in a day. Didn't realize there was two fives. But on the... On those that summer, I tell you what, this guy rocked it out, and God used him to do team building, to speak and share his God story, and what God's done in his life. And I'm looking, uh, and I as well as you, uh, hold this guy accountable and in love, and uh, God has great things for him, and that you invested in him, and uh, God has great things. And so I just wanted to present this certificate to Connor this morning. And it's from Relevant Ministry and just for the completion of your internship. And, uh, dude, we love you. And uh, thank you for spending a, a year with us. And some of it grueling, I know, but most of it, it was a pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say thank you mm-hmm. and uh, recognize you in front of these guys, too, okay? Thank you so much. You can go. It's awesome. I, I'll be short here. But... Um, it, this is exciting for Angie and I to get to spend 12, the 12th year anniversary with y'all. And uh, this is exciting. It's, it's kind of like, this is how it's supposed to be, you know. And uh, look at the hillside full. And uh, Dave, you're going to have so much fun preaching today. I can tell. This is going to be an exciting time. But um, I want to just thank you uh, for having us in and allowing us to share. I want to share this in Matthew 28. Jesus' commission was, to us was fully and clearly expressed. And it was this, that we are to make disciples by leading people to Christ. We're to mark new disciples by, through baptism. And then we're to mature them by walking in relationship with others and modeling in our own lives and teaching them to obey and observe all things the Lord commanded. And making disciples is so relational. It's really, that's what it's about. And I just want to encourage you in that. And, and, uh, and whether you're right here in the Tri-County area or in Mississippi or on the other side of the world, it's about building relationships, making disciples through relationship, walking and living your life on mission. And I just wanted to share two quick stories with you um, of uh, different levels of discipleship. You know, we think of, you know, people that we, um, you know, discipleship is usually thought of as when someone comes to Christ, then they become a disciple. And, and that's, that's so true. But the discipleship process starts way before that. We had a family and, and uh, this, this summer uh, that we were, had the opportunity to serve. And at first we didn't really, uh, we went in, everything looked cool. You know, it looked like they were uh, qualified uh, for RM to come in and, and serve them. And have teams come in, but as we got to go over a little bit more, we began to see some drug stuff, uh, paraphernalia on the floor, um, and we, we started calling them out on it and seeing what's going on. And we were going to pull that whole project, and uh, the Lord just convicted our hearts that if there's anyone who needs Christ, it's them, as long as we can provide a safe environment for them. 
And so we begin to have teams down, and we begin to go into this, this home. There was a lot of people coming in and out. It was a, a man and a woman and two kids and friends and everything else, okay? But the Lord really convicted our heart. They need Jesus. And so all summer long, we've served that family, and we still are serving them today. Uh, Jesse, who was on staff, just went and did some tile for them. And every time we get together with them, we pray for them. I mean, we're there. We ask, hey, can we pray for you today? And, and so we, we pray over them. And we really believe that God called us to serve that family so that they can know Christ, so that our, we can get our foot in the door to share the reason for our hope, and that we believe that someday they are going to come to Christ. And we just continue to build relationship and relationship and relationship with them. So I want to encourage you, would you pray for that family? Another, that's one level of discipleship. It begins before they become to know Christ. I had an opportunity last November. Um, I told Angie, I said, I don't feel like I'm supposed to go to church with you tomorrow. I need to go to this other church that God had put in my heart. And I sat in the parking lot as a, to shorten the story. And the pastor came running out and said, what are you doing in my parking lot? Uh, church, it starts at 11. You're here awful early. What's going on, you know? And uh, so I got out and shared who I, who I was and what we do. And he just put his head down and shook it and just said, Jeff, God sent you here today. I've been praying for this moment. I need help. I'm at my lowest point. And he said, will you come into my office so I could share a little bit more? And so as we went in, he shared, and, and we, I laid hands on him and prayed over him. And, and to this day, you know, we began to build relationship. And uh, this pastor, who was so discouraged, I, I came and pa- uh, preached one Sunday, and there was, including Angie and I, and I think Blake went that day, there was 12 of us. And uh, he was just discouraged, but he had great vision, but didn't know how to g- take that to the next step. So we've been connecting with him, and, uh, and he's doing natural church development with us now. They have vision, they have a vision team, and, uh, and a management team to get that stuff going, he just, uh, he's been doing discipleship with Nelson for the last uh, six months. It's just once every every three weeks. And uh, and then some large gathering with about 15 other guys uh, uh, three times during that time. But then he also just joined um, Pete, who's doing an internship with us, and two other pastors for 40 weeks of leadership development and that I, I uh, lead during the year. And we're just so excited to see God capture the hearts of people along the coast. And it's because of your generosity. It's because of your prayers. It's because of you standing in the gap and, and your heart to send and make a difference, not only in this tri-county area and not only um, in America and in Mississippi, but around the world. God has captured your hearts for missions. And we want to just say thank you for partnering and thank you for being obedient to what God's asked you to do. And I want to just encourage you, will you make go and answer the call to make disciples, build relationships, and whatever level that may be, that that's God has called you to a process of making disciples of all nations. And thank you so much for partnering with our family. God bless you. Want to speak some more? All right. Uh, we just want to pray for these guys and keep Angie on stage. So, um, <laughs> Father God, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for uh, your goodness. I thank you that you call us to a a greater purpose, a greater mission in this world. 
And I thank you for the way that this family, the Hexton family, says yes to that. The way that they follow you, the way they trust in you, the way that they live by faith. And I pray that you would uh, encourage their hearts. I pray that you'd provide for them. I pray that you would uh, uh, overflow their hearts as they uh, grow in their love for you, that that love would overflow to those that they serve and those that they minister to. I uh, thank you for this family. Uh, may abundant fruit um, happen as they abide in you. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Um, With the uh, start of a new school year, um, our 3D community groups, our community groups are launching back up, and the vision of a community group is simply to grow in those 3D relationships, to grow and to be uh, devoted to Jesus, dedicated to one another, and driven to reach people. And so next Sunday, we'll be back at the building, and we'll be launching into a new uh, three-year journey through the Bible in a chronological way, Genesis to Revelation. So next Sunday, we begin a 13-week uh, a message series called The Story Begins. That's going to follow the story of Genesis and get us through the book of Genesis. Then after that, we'll start another series and so on through the Bible over three years, allowing that word to change us, allowing the Holy Spirit to change us in the process. And so our Sun Chasers Children's Ministry, uh, which is threes through or three-year-olds to fourth grade, are going through this same journey as well starting next Sunday. The verses and story that they'll be looking at is the same thing that we'll be looking at as adults and students in the living room. So one of the things we're most excited about is the resources that go along with it. This is what the vast majority of our community groups are going to be studying. And so we're encouraging every household to get a member book, if you will. It's, this, it's a smaller book. It'll be available at the pavilion afterwards. But whether you're in a group or not, because this book will help you take Sundays further into the week. Verses to look at, look at questions to consider, those kind of things. Member books are four bucks, and the, and the books basically... Uh, cover each series. So this first book is called The Story Begins, and it will go for those 13 weeks. If you're a, uh, if you're a student, there's a student version as well that we'd encourage you to get if you're a hype student. Or if you're a, uh, an upperclassman hype student and you want to pull some underclassmen for some disciple-making or some adults who want to pull some students near, there's also a student version available as well. Um, if you're a parent, we're encouraging you to get this member, bo member book. Again, whether you're in a group or not, because it will help you uh, make disciples at home. It will help you grow in those 3D relationships and, and take the conversation from Sunday further into your week. After the service, all that stuff will be available at the pavilion at lunch, okay? Um, also up there, there will be a card where you can uh, mark on there the days of the week that worked for you, uh, if you want to be in a community group, if you need child care, all those kind of things. That will help us connect you to a group over these next couple weeks. One of the groups that's starting is a women's community group, and Sarah Martin's going to come up and share a little bit about that. Good morning. Uh, as Dave said, I'm Sarah Martin, and along with Jane Boehner and Jen Swanson, can't see them, um, but we are going to be beginning this um, women's community group. It's going to meet on Tuesday mornings at the church. Um, we're going to do the second and fourth Tuesdays. So our first one will be um, September 8th. And we will meet from 9.15 to 11. Um, we are really excited to begin a DVD study by Jen Wilkin. It's called The Sermon on the Mount. 
Um, it takes Jesus' longest recorded message from Matthew 5 up to 8. Um, it was a sermon he gave to his disciples, and it shows us what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. So it's going to be great. We're excited about it. We want all women who can come to come, any age, any stage of life. Um, we just want to see a full room, and we just want to open up the word and learn from him together. Um, there is child care, and it is free, so that's a great bonus. Um, if you are interested, see me, Jen, or Jane today. We can get you signed up. Um, if you have any other questions or just details, we'd be happy to fill you in with that. And there will also, I believe, be a sign-up next Sunday at Guest Connection. So we're just looking forward to this. We know as women, we need other women just to encourage and support we, each other. And we're just hoping for a great turnout. So thank you. Thanks, sir. Um, and let me throw this out as well. If you're a woman who works during the day and you'd like to be involved in that kind of community group, uh, I've heard from at least one woman that said, I'd like to kind of help lead that group. If you want to express interest in that, let me know kind of a group that would meet 8, 8.30 at night if you have kids, after the kids are in bed, that kind of thing. There's opportunities for that, even to, to use the same study that they're going to use for the daytime group. So if you have interest in that, let me know, and we'll try to connect the dots. Um, Hype is kicking off a new series, and Eric's going to share a little bit about that. So if you're not an adult woman and you're in high school or junior high, 7th through uh, 12th grade, um, we want to invite you guys to Hype starts back up this week um, on Wednesday night, same time, doors open 6.30. We're starting a new series called uh, Hello, My Name is Christian. And uh, I want to read this to you. It's from Ephesians 1. It says, uh, verse, starting verse 17, it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Uh, there's a lot of people that call themselves Christians, but we're going to explore what that really means. And hopefully uh, that, that uh, this encourages us in our faith and that we grow stronger in what we know to be true. Um, <clears throat> we're going to start small groups, too. I'm really excited about this. Our leaders are excited about this. Um, most students should be getting some kind of invite in the mail. Uh, if you don't get one, we still want you to come. We just may have missed your address or whatever. But uh, we really want to encourage you guys to come be a part of this. And, uh, and, and we're so excited to kick that off. Also, Friday night, after the football game, we're starting something called the fifth quarter. Um, this is for uh, high school only. Sorry, junior hires. We'll come up with some awesome stuff for you guys, too. But since it's a high school football game, we're going to invite uh, the high schoolers to come out and uh, have a cookout with us after the game, um, whatever time the game gets over till 11.30. So to be out at the church, around the fire pit, we'll have lots of fun and games. We want to encourage you guys to come and tell your friends, okay? All right, uh, I want to pray, and we'll get into uh, today's message. Father God, uh, thank you for the opportunity to be outside today, uh, for the freedom we have to worship you in the middle of the community. Uh, outdoors, to, to sing to you, to give to you, to be able to hear your word proclaimed. And I pray that you would uh, spur us on today, that we would draw our hearts close to you, um, that you would uh, not only speak to us, but you would change us in the process. Spur us on as a people to live by faith. Uh, we trust you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today we finish up 
our Wonderful Things series, which is a phrase uh, steal, or stolen from Psalm 119.18, which says, open my, heights, open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law. And that's our desire on Sunday mornings or just when we open up our Bibles the other six days of the week that the Lord would open up our eyes to the wonderful things, and today is no different in that. As a church, we, we structure our budget, uh, kind of the rhythm of our ministry around the school year. So in September, uh, community groups launch, Hype begins a new series, uh, all of those things, a new fiscal year begins. And so at the end of August, I love to kind of give us some challenge, some vision, some encouragement about where the Lord is leading us, uh, uh, just encouragement for the next year of ministry. This will be our 13th year of ministry as a church. And I get the, the sense from the Lord that he just is, is already doing some great things among us, already preparing for what's going to take place over the next year. And so I want to I spur us on to believe him for great things. Believe him for God-glorifying things to take place not only in us, but through us. And so today, I want to give us a challenge, some encouragement about where we've come from, where we're going, and how that all is tied together. And it's the phrase, live by faith. You see that phrase show up a lot in Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. If you have a Bible, uh, you can go to Galatians 2 and Hebrews 11. That's where we'll be uh, for some of the time. But live by faith is all through Scripture. Habakkuk 2.4 says, See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faith. And then Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, they quote Habakkuk and say the same thing, the righteous will live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says, For we live by faith, not by sight. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. All of Hebrews 11 tells a story after story of people who, by faith, followed and obeyed God. Live by faith. It's all through Scripture. Christ followers, God's people, those who claim the name of Jesus are charged by Scripture to live by faith. But here's the thing I know about all of us on this hillside is that all of us, whether we're Christians here or not, whether we have repented of our sin, given our lives to Jesus and surrender or not, no matter who you are, we all live by faith. We all put our faith in someone or something. You put your faith in your car this morning to get you here this morning. You're putting your faith in the chair that you're sitting on right now, trusting it's going to hold you up and you're not going to tumble down this hillside toward me on video. All right? You're trusting that's going to happen. For those of you who are Cub fans, this is your year, right? Right? We'll see. We'll see if it is. We'll see if my team allows that to happen. Um, if you're, uh, we could come up with other examples over and over. But the thing that is true for all of us is that whether Jesus is Lord and Savior of our lives or not, that we all live by faith. The difference, though, being the object of a Christian's faith versus someone who is not yet a Christ follower. The focus of faith is radically different for the Christian. Everyone lives by faith. We all look to something or someone. We all live by a certain set of values, convictions. We all get up in the morning and kind of live with these convictions, hoping that the thing we have our faith in won't crumble or fall apart, that the life we're building on is, is solid ground, that it's a firm foundation. The atheist, the one who says they reject faith, is the same one, though, who lives by faith, faith that this life is it, that there is no God, that they're simply living this life and that will be it. And some atheists might argue, well, I reject faith. 
and yet they're most definitely living by faith. The focus of it is different, though. On the other end of the spectrum, what about the religious person? The person who's gone to church their whole life. They've done all the religious activities. They've given to this and, and spent time doing that. And the church doors were open, man. They were there. Or at least they were there on Christmas and Easter. They were filling out the checklist. And while they're putting their faith in their religious activity, or putting their faith in being a moral person, of trying to do more good and less bad in their life, or at bare minimum, they can find someone who's done worse than they have. It doesn't take that long on Facebook to, dis- to discover that, or CNN, or Fox News, wherever you get your news. So the faith is in the comparison game of looking better on the outside than the person down the street or the one they read about. So we all live by faith. So uh, Christ followers are, are not different because we live by faith. Christ followers are different because of the object of our faith, the focus of our faith. This is one reality that Galatians 2.20 speaks of. The Apostle Paul's writing this. He says again, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by faith in the Son of God. So it's not simply live by faith, but we see Paul's faith is tied to a person, and that person is not him. It's in the Son of God, Jesus. His faith was in Christ. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So when you become a Christ follower, you're, you're transferring your, your faith away from yourself and putting it in Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but Jesus who lives in me. Just as Christ was crucified on the cross for my sin, so in his death, I've also died to my sin and my selfish way of living. And so I live by faith in Jesus, the Son of God, and not in myself. The object of my faith has shifted away from myself and on to Jesus, who leads to joy and delight and salvation and hope and strength. When Habakkuk 2 speaks of living by faith, it's in the context of he's contrasting where, where the righteous will live by faith, but the proud are puffed up, he says. The proud believe that faith in self will lead to a firm foundation, that faith in self will lead to abundant life. But the righteous will live by faith in God, we're told. So the righteous doesn't mean the self-righteous, because that'd be proud. The righteous meaning the, one who are, the ones who are pursuing humility in Christ. And they've come to understand the reality that Jesus died in their place. And through his death and resurrection in faith, we are given a right standing with God. We are made righteous before God. So, so on the cross, Jesus took on all our sin and all our shame. And in exchange, we are clothed in, we are covered in his righteousness. So to live by faith means to live in pursuit of humility in Christ, trusting that his ways and thoughts are infinitely better than our own. So the object or focus of a Christian's faith is, is different. It's in Jesus. It's not in self. In a sense, the Christian gets up in the morning and, and puts on faith in Christ glasses. And they live with these glasses on at all times. Even when they sleep, the lens of these faith glasses shape everything we see. They are the view in which we see the rest of life. So it's, it's faith in Christ. It's by faith in Christ that we live. So to live by faith is not just a Sunday morning thing. It's not just a when I'm with other Christians thing. It permeates all that we are and do. 
it colors how we see life and our world view. So we live by faith in the mundane, in the monotony. And we live by faith in the risky, in the, I don't know what's going to happen next. We live by faith when we walk into work and when we walk into school. Or when we go and watch our kids' activities. We live by faith when you walk into that college class or go out with your friends. We live by faith when we get baptized. We live by faith when we open up our Bibles, trusting the Lord will speak to us through his inspired word. We live by faith when, when, and how it impacts how we are entertained and how we find our joy and our rest. We live by faith and that impacts how we date and how we approach work. We never take off these faith in Christ glasses because to live by faith is full-time, not part-time. And all through Scripture, we are told over and over, we see this example that to live by faith, it leads to action. James 2 tells us that faith without works is dead. That works, they don't lead to faith. Works don't save us. But if we are saved, if we have faith in Christ, it most certainly will lead to action on our part. It will lead to obedience on our part. In Hebrews 11, we're given example after example of people in Scripture who lived by faith and how that led to action. Now, the people listed in Hebrews 11, they're not the heroes. Sometimes we make them to be. But they're only listed there because their faith was in God, who is the hero, who is the one who was doing the work. They're listed there not because they're great, but because God was great. Hebrews 11 begins with this one verse. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So biblical faith is not wishful thinking. It's not just blindly walking into the dark, hoping it's going to work out. Biblical faith is anchored to God, who is faithful, who is true, who is good. Our God, knowing that then, knowing the nature and character of God, that leads to our assurance. It leads to us with a life of conviction. That even though we know, may not see it all, we know the one who does, who sees all, knows all, has our best interests in mind, both earthly and eternal, and makes our path straight as we trust in him. That our God is the one who keeps his promises. He's not a liar. He is truth. He speaks truth. And when he says it'll happen, it will happen. So when he says he will never leave nor forsake those who trust and follow in him, we can be sure that that promise is true. So we live by faith. When, and when we live by faith in Christ, it leads to action. It leads to us saying, Lord, you created the heavens and the earth. We're reminded of that this morning, right? You created all of this. Your ways, your thoughts are higher than my own. So, Lord, I want to obey you. So day by day, week by week, I want to align my life with you. I want to be formed through your word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, into the image of Christ. This is true when we see the stories of Hebrews 11. Just over and over, these stories of, of people who lived by faith. If you go through there, here are some of the verbs that you see. By faith, Abel offered. By faith, Noah constructed. By faith, Abraham obeyed and went out. By faith, Moses refused. By faith, Moses chose. By faith, Moses endured. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. To live by faith will result in action on our part. It should lead to an outward change. Now, we live by faith, 
We pursue a growing devotion to Jesus, not because the circumstances around us are easy, but because our God is worth it. Our circumstances will rarely encourage you and me to live with faith and obedience to God. In this life, we'll have seasons marked by stress or suffering or difficulty. Relationships will sometimes be strained and hard. Marriage is going to be hard sometimes. If you have children, they won't always rise up and call you blessed in the morning, will they? Your body won't always be pain-free. Your schedule is going to be demanding. You'll be sinned against by people that you never thought you'd be sinned against. You'll be sinned against by fellow Christians of all people because we're family and we're imperfect. And yet in all those seasons and all those moments, we are still charged to live by faith in Jesus. So circumstances and our personal feelings, they don't dictate our willingness to follow Jesus and walk by faith. Because circumstances and feelings can change like the wind or like the weather. Pastor Paul Tripp says this, As a Christian, you're called to live by faith and obedience, and you have the ability to live by faith and obedience because Jesus is faithful. And with you every step of the way, regardless of your situations, locations, and relationships, you can live by faith without wavering. So to live by faith doesn't mean problem-free or trouble-free. If you read all of Hebrews 11, and you get past the stories of Noah and Abraham and Moses and others, you read that to live by faith in God, for some, it didn't end well. Some were imprisoned. Some were mocked. Some were flogged. Some were sawn in two, and it wasn't a magic trick. So listen to me. Circumstances and feelings don't determine whether we live by faith. Neither do the results. Sometimes we only want to live by faith when we know that this result's going to happen. Or when we see actual outward change, then we want to live by faith. But we see in Hebrews 11 that to live by faith, it's not dictated by results. We saw a lot of things, a variety of things happen. Sometimes an ark was built, and sometimes people were stoned. As God's people, we live by faith in the Son of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. So feelings and circumstances and potential results don't determine if we're going to live by faith. We live by faith in Jesus because Jesus is faithful, because he is good, true, grace, strength, hope. As we enter into our next year of ministry, we must live and walk by faith. For 12 years, this is what we've been doing as a church. The temptation that we face the longer we go is to live and walk by sight rather than by faith. Or we live by faith in ourselves. We're kind of puffed up. Or rather than faith in the Son of God who is the one doing the work. We can fall into this sinful comfort zone, if you will, and just settle for walking by, by sight. We stop believing and praying for God to do incredible things in our heart or incredible things in our church family or incredible things in our community or the world around us. But over the last 12 years, we've been walking and living by faith. And so we must be reminded of that today. I just want to share with you some recent stories of how cross-pointers are living by and walking by faith in the Son of God. By faith, a high school student is asking her teachers weekly how she can pray for them and then praying for them right there in the public school. By faith, a wife is praying for her husband to 
come to faith in Christ and trust and follow Him. By faith, someone giving financially despite not knowing what is ahead for them. By faith, cross-pointers saying, I want to invest my time into hype students through small groups. By faith, a family welcoming another family to come live with them. By faith, cross-pointers reconciling, learning to speak the truth in love and show abundant, lavish grace toward one another. By faith, a man witnessing to his co-workers and seeing his job as more than a paycheck, but rather seeing it as worship to the Lord. By faith, a man saying, I'm going to turn from the sin of lust, and I'm going to pursue holiness, and I'm going to love my wife sacrificially. By faith, another man turning from the idol of alcohol and rebuilding his life, an idol that had taken him to prison, and now rebuilding his life on the firm foundation of Christ. By faith, a marriage that is overcoming infidelity and broken trust and finding their joy and strength in Christ alone. By faith, a cross-pointer overcoming depression and seeing the joy of their salvation return to them. By faith, parents sending off kids to college and trusting them to the Lord. By faith, people overcoming the loss of a loved one and finding their strength in the body of Christ and in Christ. By faith, a single mom who felt called by God to become a foster parent to a young boy and is doing that faithfully. By faith, dating couples who are saying, you know what, I'm not going to go down the world's ways. I'm going to do this God's ways. And so we're going to turn from sexual sin. By faith, in a couple weeks, people going public with their faith and getting baptized. By faith, people are stepping up to be community group leaders. By faith, people are saying, I'm no longer going to live in isolation, but I'm going to be in community with the body of Christ. By faith, people are opening up their homes for hospitality. By faith, John Watts is serving with Juvenile Justice Ministry in Peoria and on mission there. By faith, Jeff and Angie continue to follow the Lord. By faith, Brad and Erica Lehman are preparing to serve the Lord in Reynosa, Mexico. And those are just recent stories. We need to have chicken at some point, but I could go on and on the last 12 years of how the Lord has been so faithful and how we've walked by faith because He is good. Not because we are, but because He is. And so we have lived and walked by faith for the past 12 years. It's clear from Scripture, this is what the family of God does. We walk and live by faith in Jesus to grow in our love for Him, to grow in our love for one another, and our love to reach those who have yet to discover His love. If the worship team wants to come back up. We're going to close in singing and. If you're here and you don't know Jesus yet, if you've never confessed him as Lord and believed on him in your heart, I would challenge you and encourage you to do that as we sing. Pray and ask the Lord to forgive you for your unbelief and confess that you want to follow him. You want to transfer your trust, your faith away from yourself and into him. If you're here and Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, maybe you're a bit like the father in Mark 9, who in verse uh, 24 says, I believe, help my unbelief. So when you look at your circumstances, you look at your feelings, you look at the results, you kind of waver, a pendulum swing between faith and doubt. So maybe as we sing, your prayer is that prayer of the Father that says, I believe, Jesus, help my unbelief. Help me where I doubt because I want to trust in you. Cross point, what's the next step the Lord has laid out before you? Where are you kind of resisting on following him in faith? Where are you trusting in yourself rather than in Christ?
Where's the Lord asking you to walk by faith and to live by faith? I pray that we would be a people who would walk and live by faith and not by sight. That boldly, courageously, fearlessly, humbly, we would follow the Lord saying, Lord, we want to live by faith in you. We trust you to do the work. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we live by faith in Jesus because he is the one who loves us, died for us, rose again, and is the one doing the work and is the one leading this church into great things, God-glorifying things. Let's stand up and sing. Oh, 
is our heart to follow you and to live by faith. That is our desire. And God, where we fall short, we're thankful for your grace. We're thankful that we follow you. We live by faith out of the strength of the Holy Spirit, out of the strength of your grace. Spur us on as a church to God-glorifying things this year, things that just speak of your power and your majesty. Spur us on in our households, in our individual lives, corporately as a church, to live by faith, to walk by faith, and not by sight. That we would not be ruled by fear, that we would not be ruled by, by feelings or circumstances, but God, we would trust you to bear the fruit as we abide in you. Father God, do incredible things for your praise and for your honor alone. In Jesus' name, amen.